0: Welcome to today's TLC. Whether you found this podcast on my website, through the emails I send, or simply from a friend, I'm glad that you've decided to add some TLC today. My friends, I am so exhausted. Every part of my body is still in complete survival mode, and it has been two days since I have gotten home. But what happened to me this past week was completely surreal. I was stuck at a remote campsite in the desert near Big Bend National Park with 20 people, including my four young boys, for three days. And that was after we had intentionally camped for the first three days. We had decided to go camping over an extended weekend because my kids were out of school. And it was kind of a last minute, couple weeks before type of thing. We'd always wanted to go to Big Bend since we had moved out to Texas. And we just decided to take the bull by the horns and go and do it. Well, at that point, most of the desirable campsites were full. The only ones left were ones inside of the park where you couldn't have any campfires. And that was a deal breaker for me. I cannot camp without a campfire. So we found this cute little remote eco ranch is what it was called where this heartwarming old couple had built their own home out of mud and glass bottles and were living off of their own greenhouse and water that they captured from the rain in the year and they had a poultry farm and they just had this cute little self-sustaining ranch and as often goes, it looked so cute and cozy online and we just thought this would be a great place to stay and then the land around them, they would rent out as campsites. What we didn't know was that the only way to get there was through a four-mile dirt road that was definitely not paved. When we first got there, I was holding my breath and literally clenching my fists because I was worried that our van would not be able to drive through this road for the four miles to get to our campground. We finally arrived Friday night, and I looked around and thought to myself, we're only going to be here Saturday and Sunday. We're leaving Monday morning, so no big deal. And we set up camp and went to bed. The next morning, we woke up, went to the National Park, saw the beautiful scenery that everybody came out to see, and felt like we had scratched the itch to see Big Bend National Park. And I remember thinking to myself, this was cool to see, but you only need to be here a day or two. There's really not a ton. Checked that box, we've seen the Big Bend, and I was ready to go home. Well, that night, while we were trying to sleep, an unexpected Texas-sized thunderstorm started rocking our tent to the point where we woke up and looked at each other like, what is going on? It was crazy pouring. And if you have ever been in a Texas rainstorm, you know what I'm talking about. It just comes down with vengeance. And it did that for multiple hours in the night. And I remember my husband holding me really tightly and saying, I really hope our tent doesn't get struck by lightning. And I remember thinking, I really hope we can get out of here in the morning because I know that road is no good. Well, the next morning, we got up and packed everything up and started heading out. But we only made it about a mile down the road before we got stuck. And We were stuck in that mud, that bentonite clay that's like wet cement and grabs to your tires for four hours. And as we're trying to push our car out of the mud and dig it out, a local ended up coming by and saying, hey, there's no way you're going to get out of this road. The other ones are way worse than this spot right here. You're stuck here for another day and a half. And I just remember that moment, my brain 100% resisting that information. I remember thinking to myself, watch me. I'm getting out of here. But I was not a local and I did not know that you cannot drive on bentonite clay if it's wet. It's impossible. So we finally get our car unstuck and go back to the campsite, totally deflated that we're going to be there for another day. And then the rain clouds started forming. We were all praying so hard that it would not rain again. But in a place where it only rains seven inches a year, we got two more inches of rain that night three inches total over the two nights when again usually there's only seven inches a year but we just got the lottery you know all the rain at once which meant all five families 20 people in total that were at that campsite were now stuck for at least two days with mud that dries like cement the possibility of venomous snakes that if they bite you, you literally die if you don't get to the hospital within three hours, cactuses all around us, a random Triangula that we found while we were there, and no way out. We had minimal food and water, and we had no idea how long we would be there. In that moment, I felt this tangible shift into what we started calling survival mode especially the next morning when my husband and three other campers tried to muck out the roads and trench the water so that it wouldn't puddle in the muddy spots. They were gone for over five hours, which meant that I was the responsible adult. My husband wasn't there to help in case something went wrong. And I had four boys to care for in the middle of the desert. So I had a good talk with them about survival mode and what it was going to look like. Luckily, one of the families had other little kids that they could play with, so it helped break up the energy. But there was a focus on being safe and surviving. And while I was in this mindset, I noticed something. I noticed that my survival mode parenting was similar to my regular parenting. The way that I would talk to my kids, the energy I felt when I was thinking about the situation and how to reduce the risk. It felt so familiar to me. And then my husband came back and he was in survival mode too. And when I noticed his interactions with our children, they were different than his norm. It was definitely a shift for him to be in survival mode, but me, it was kind of the same and that shocked me a little. I thought to myself, am I always in survival mode? This question hung on my mind for the three days that we were stuck there. I kept thinking, what is it that makes me want to resist risk on a day-to-day basis? Here in the middle of nowhere, in the desert, I can totally see why I'm in survival mode. I'm literally trying not to die. And my brain is very good at trying to make sure that I don't die. But when I'm at home and I'm with my children in a safe environment... Do I need to be in survival mode? Reflecting on my day-to-day parenting, I realized that I have been practicing a really low risk tolerance. I don't like the cost of the risk. Like eating too much sugar is going to make them sick and they have to miss school and we have to isolate and it interrupts all of our plans. Or hanging out with that friend that I don't really love all the things that they say and what that could possibly lead to in the future if we pick those type of friends. Or as dumb as refusing to laugh at a potty joke that my boys say out of the principle that if I laugh at it once, they're going to think girls think potty jokes are funny. And 99% of the time, it's not. And so there's these risks that I'm constantly calculating and measuring every day as a parent, trying to see whether it's worth taking that risk because it might cost me some effort or some regret later. But here's what came to me in that moment when I was thinking about my survival mode. I might be avoiding the cost of that risk, but what is the survival mode costing me? The cost, connection, memory, confidence in me and my children, learning experiences that we don't get to have because we're too comfortable, and the simple ability to enjoy life when I'm in survival mode. I have less space to enjoy the natural beauties of my life. Luckily, I got stranded in the middle of a desert with a legit survival mode to help me realize the alternative, an alternative that saved me from a lot of worry and a lot of fear those three days. Instead of survival mode, I shifted to guided mode. To me, guided mode is when I stop trying to calculate everything with my mind and mitigate all the risk, and instead open myself up to being spiritually guided by someone who knows way better than I do a better path forward. You see, I had no way of knowing how long we'd be there, how safe we would be from the snakes and the spiders and the time when my son fell into a cactus and got it all over his hands and whether I should be worried about him exploring after that or the five-year-old girl who was in our camp with us who got a fever of 104.3 while we were there and I was worried whether or not my kids should play with her siblings because I didn't want them to get sick and what if one of my boys fell down and broke his arm and we couldn't get any medical help? There was no way out. All of that fear, all of that anxiety where my survival mode wanted to be rearing and in charge, I really honestly didn't feel that because I knew I couldn't control it. I knew I couldn't predict all of the different outcomes and that it would make me go insane trying to. And so I hit my knees and I surrendered to God and said, guide me, guide me to know where to tell my kids to play. Guide me to know whether they can play with these kids. Guide me to know how much to feed my children and how much water to use because we have no idea how long we're going to be here. And I will tell you my friend, I had so much more space to enjoy the beauty of nature, to unplug and connect with my kids and make a fun memory. To see the night sky, where the stars were so beautiful and clear that you could even see the Milky Way. And to connect with the amazing people who were there with me. I had so much space to see God's hand from the fact that them mucking out the roads allowed an emergency vehicle that was made for that terrain to be able to come pick up the girl who had that fever and take her to the emergency room where she is now stable and totally fine. I had more space to enjoy the meals that we ate instead of worrying about where the next meal would come from. And honestly, I didn't feel worried. And if I can get to a space where relying on that guidance can help me let go of the worry when I'm literally stranded in the middle of a desert, then I can do better in my everyday life letting go of survival mode and instead inviting God to guide me trusting that he will help me navigate whatever comes next. That place was so sweet to me. And that lesson that I learned this last week is something that I will cherish forever. My friend, where are you in survival mode? Where are you just feeling so worn out or so resistant to risk that you're in constant calculation trying to make sure that you avoid any possible risk? What are the things that you find yourself saying no to all the time, whether in your life or in the life of your loved ones? What is that thing that you're afraid of that is constantly nagging at your energy, trying to take your joy away from the present moment so that you don't have space to enjoy it? Where are you in survival mode? And what is it costing you? Please consider opening your heart and allowing yourself to shift to guided mode. I promise that having more space to hear God and rely on His guidance along the way will not only strengthen your resolve to create good for you and your family, but also give you space to enjoy what is in front of you. You have so much to be grateful for. No matter how many things feel threatening to you, I know a lot of your stories, and I know that there are very intense hardships in your life right now. You might feel like you're in survival mode, and I'm not telling you to ignore that feeling, because I get it. Sometimes that's overwhelming. But I also know that you don't have to stay there. God can guide you through it. And the truth is, when you let him, you will be in a better place than you would have been if you were still in survival mode. Stop relying on your logic. God will guide you to what is the most logical and the best for you in the end. If you let him, God will move you from surviving to thriving. And I know this because I've experienced it in my life. Not only in the crazy experience that I had this last week, but also in my day-to-day life. You want to know one of the things that I'm savoring ever since I got home two days ago? My children keep talking about miracles everybody that they talk to they keep saying we got stuck in this desert and there were like 20 miracles that God made it so that we could survive and we could get out of there and we had such a good time and people keep saying to me wasn't it so scary and so overwhelming and I can't believe that you went through that including my own mother who was super anxious the whole time we were there but honestly when I look back at it I think no it was a beautiful memory And I am so grateful that I allowed God to take me from surviving to thriving. And yes, I am crazy exhausted. And I've probably done like 15 loads of laundry in the last two days. And my nose won't clear because I have so much dirt packed up in there that it just feels like it's going to be stuck there for the rest of my life. But I know that God is guiding me and my children know it. And the other people in that camp that saw miracle after miracle, they know it too. And I know that you can see it in your life. But you have to be willing to let go of survival mode. Take back the reins of your brain. Open up to let God be the one guiding you. And I promise amazing things will happen. From the little moments that you have more space to enjoy, to the crazy adventure stories that bring lessons that change you and guide you as you learn and grow forward. I know you can do it, my friend. Keep shining. Life after therapy can be simple. Come learn how to think light, feel light, and live light at thelightcoach.com. I offer five free discovery sessions each week, and one of them is for you. Together, let's discover the joy that's possible in Life After Therapy.